In the midst of continuously rising inflation rates, one of the things that's hurting people the most are high rent prices. Today, what we want to discuss is the idea of people entering relationships just for the sake of making rent and bills more affordable. Then we're also going to talk about a possible pendulum swing in politics, in society, and in culture. And as we don't stand as right as some conservatives on the spectrum of abortion, and we've been told that, we wonder what could potentially happen to where we stand on the political spectrum overall if the political spectrum continues to shift more and more towards conservatism. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you're officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair. And our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. Helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about, share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. You can also follow us on Twitter at Hanging With Apes. Um, So today we're going to be discussing something that it's a little bit of a theory, I would say, that we're cultivating and information is coming in um, by the minute. I would say as inflation continues to rise and somebody that's contributed to this theory a little bit is also our friend Vincent Williams over at Critic at Extra Large. He actually was the one that suggested we put a name to this theory on our text thread because the other day we all uh we went to go work out and as we were working out we were uh discussing how different people have told us this is not just like our own observation this is observations from other people older people sandman talked about it recently on one of his videos uh I know in the past my dad has mentioned something like this to me this idea of people getting into relationships more when there are economic downturns. Now, we've talked a little bit about this with the whole virus thing. I remember we talked about how there would be probably be a little bit of a baby boom because people are going to be stuck at home with each other, nothing else to do. Um, People are losing their jobs. So obviously cohabitation becomes more appealing and now we're in the midst of very high inflation in fact the the highest inflation we've seen in 40 years according to the numbers and 
we have saw that there are more and more people that seem like they're very willing to get into relationships for no other reason than to help with the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to survive. Yeah. And, and so I texted this to you guys yesterday. It was a tweet that one of the MGTOW channels, uh, uh, Better Bachelor, even though he doesn't market himself as MGTOW, men going their own way, he doesn't market himself as that. But it is a lot of men going their own way type of content. And he posted a picture of a tweet of a girl saying, these prices are looking very relationship to me. And in that tweet, if you actually go to Twitter and look up that tweet, you could do it yourself. Whoever's listening, just type in these rent prices are looking very relationship to me. It's the first tweet that'll pop up. You see the slew of people that agree with this concept. And now you might ask, well, what would a MGTOW channel, men going their own way, what would a channel like that care about a tweet like this? And I think what he's trying to point out is how a lot of quote unquote relationships, loving relationships, cohabitations, the cozy homes, how a lot of that is just simply survival and nothing more than that. Because you actually see in that thread the amount of, not just women, men and women, but the amount of people that actually loathe the idea of being in a relationship but are willing to get in one just to be able to pay their bills and make (laughs) ends meet. What's your take on that? The idea of it's not about love, it's not about... Uh, uh, growth. It's it's not about uh, any of the traditional staples that the blue pill society would like to believe people get in relationships for. But in fact, it's a very I'm trying to survive. It is what it is type of mindset. Well, I think part of it is probably like nature taking course because I feel like as animals, people want to because people are animals. They want to survive, and so. It shows how, like, even in animal kingdoms, that's, oh, like, w- the way sometimes women pick men, too, is, oh, this is the strongest motherfucker. Like, this is the guy I'm going to stick with because he has the resources. And in a way, I'm not saying that that's, well, <laughs> I, well. Oh, okay, but before you go on, there's a difference between I'm picking the strongest motherfucker because I genuinely want to be in a relationship with the strongest motherfucker versus I'm only picking somebody because I'm trying to like make ends meet. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I get there, what you're saying. There's a difference. There's like there there could be a woman that is like that genuinely wants to be in a relationship. Yeah, and genuinely wants to be part of of something growing or or, or building or whatever have you, and she wants the strongest motherfucker. Versus these are people that are clearly expressing. That they don't genuinely want that. Yeah. They're just simply doing this for the sake of trying to make it. Yeah, but I still think that there is some correlation. Not 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 like a heavy, like this is what every woman thinks or what every guy thinks. It's like naturally you want to survive, but it's like 
I think it's showing where we're at today in society when it comes to this shit. Like, we were talking about what, that day that we were working out, we were talking about how, like, Instagram and Snapchat ha- have kind of made women's body, like, more, like, in the realm of... It's commercialized porn. lust. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, look at that ass. Oh, look how this bitch is angled and look how her body looks and this, this, and that. And the guys are liking it. Oh, you're so beautiful, sweetie. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. And so because of that, I, I feel we we lack the humanity part of it, which is like, well, I actually like this person. I actually want to be in a relationship with this person. It's more like, well, does this motherfucker pay the bills or no? Because like, like otherwise, this ain't love ain't free. Ain't but the rent. Yeah. <laughs> so so then at that point, it's a bit sad because like you'd, you'd want a good balance. Like I think... Women should think of that, and men should think of that. Like, okay, what do you contribute as well? Like, because we can't eat out of love, <laughs> you know. Like, if you're like, if if I was dating a chick and and she was like a terrible, terrible, terrible with her finances, even if I like you, like, you you just you're you're bad for business. Because if I'm gonna get with you, that's what people. Uh, uh, you you had a. A thing you said, oh, but that's Bay or something like that. I remember, like, there was something that we 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 were joking about, like, uh, like a, f- a few years ago. We would say, oh, no, but that's the wifey, but that's the wife, or something like that. I, no, I but basically, know. what what you alluded, what you were alluding I come up to, with so much great shit that I <laughs> true. <laughs> but like this, this one was like kind of basically saying, like, yeah, well, that's wifey. So like, whatever, yeah, shit that I have to deal with now, it's my problem. And it's like, well, do you want to deal with those problems, though? Do you? Yeah. So you have you do have to have a uh, but but a then balance. What, do you, what do you say to people that know they can't make it otherwise? What do you mean? So like, it's like it's like okay, so we're for instance, we're, we're talking about a, a segment of people, and I'm sure that 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 Twitter thread is 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 a, just simply a microcosm of what's going on in the larger society. Because I mean. You and I have seen people operate. I've I've seen men operate in the capacity where they they want to be a dirty dog in these streets doing whatever they want to do, but yet they'll like sell the dream of a relationship, of marriage, of whatever, because they know, okay, well, I don't have money. I'm all fucked up. Either baby mama drama, prior divorce, or whatever the case. And this chick maybe has a little money. She peels me off scratch every now and then. So I'm going to get in a relationship with her, tell her I want to marry her, whatever the case, to make life easier. We've known guys like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a genuine love situation, but that's a guy that knows I can't make it without this chick. Yeah, yeah. This is my meal ticket, so to speak. So what do you say to people like if you say, all right, well, if that's th- is that something you really want to deal with? But like you're operating or you're thinking about it or operating from a standpoint or a level of like, well, I don't got those problems. I got my shit together. But regress yourself and put yourself in the mindset of like, I'm all fucked up now. Yeah. What do you say to the person? It's just like, well, fuck, like I, I need this additional person to to pay rent to make it, especially like 
in a big city like the way that rent prices are right now oh, like yeah. you know you think about it like you either need to have a good job or or you yeah. need to cohabitate you know in many cases yeah. unless unless you got your shit together you know i'd rather in my opinion fuck a relationship like if i'm in that situation i'm in a bad financial situation i'd rather fucking cohabitate with someone or or, or another per, a friend or or like a colleague or some shit or three it won't be comfortable but at least like to survive that's good because like you don't want to base that on a relationship like the fuck you know because too like i don't know spirit uh i guess maybe spiritually like th- th- would you even feel good about that shit like because you're not really being genuine you, right, you know what but, I'm saying, but but there's people that 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 do it, you know. Yeah, because but, see, the thing is, I think why the relationship route for these people that we're talking about in this particular instance is more appealing, the relationship route, or at least that's the first thing that comes to mind, is that like if you got with like three friends and like, hey, like let's rent this spot, like it'll be easier yeah. for all of us, or whatever the case. There's really nothing you're 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 really not not obligated in any capacity to to stay there, to stay at that spot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus when you're in a relationship, you kind of it, it becomes one of those things where like the obligation is more so there. So I think people feel like their living situation is more certain versus you know, if it's just a friendship thing, uh, you know, one of your friends could be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to move back with my parents. And like, it is what it is versus, you know, in a relationship. Oh, but we're living together. So it's veiled. It's with the veil. It's with the veil of, oh, uh, we're in a loving relationship. But the reality is we need this to survive. Yeah. And so you're saying, um, well, I mean, but the thing is, too, okay. If that's the situation, that chick's gonna cheat, or that guy's gonna cheat, depending on who's in the relationship for what. what Can they afford to? I mean, that's the whole point. Is like know? if you know you got this person, it, it, it's like it, it's almost like a sense of like ownership in a way. It's just like it, it. It's the difference between the people that are in relationships because they want to be in relationships. Versus the people that are in relationships because they need to be in relationships. Yeah. So it's one of those things that a lot of people, they feel more comfortable in relationships where they, that they that other person needs them because they if they feel like a sense of security. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this person, they need me. They can't afford to cheat. They can't afford to mess around because if they do it and they get caught, they're going to lose you know, living here and, 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 you know, us cohabitating to, to make ends meet versus people is like, oh, well, this guy could leave any time. This girl could leave any time because they got their shit together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're saying that, that, uh, that they would probably, I don't want to say be hindered, but they're looking at it from the perspective of like, oh man, if I risk it, then I ain't going to have this biscuit. <laughs> right. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. But uh, w- that I don't. That relationship ain't going to last. 
if things were to be better, if things were to get better for one one half, and even if it lasts, um, it wouldn't be a happy one. Yeah, yeah, because that's not what you should be getting a relationship for. And, and to me, I think that's the benefit and the importance of of financial stability is that you're you don't put yourself in corners where you have to make decisions based yes. off of those things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of these people that are complaining about rent prices. Yeah. I would ask them like one of the questions, like if I was doing like a survey or talking to a lot of these people, one of the things I would ask them is, well, what, like, what's your credit score? Like, are you not able to get a place of your own? Yeah. One of our friends recently, you know, he came to the place where, oh, okay, well, it's time for me to, to move out and like he he was at a place where he's like well should i rent should i buy should i rent should i buy he has his shit together he was able to buy something yeah you know what i'm saying so that that's my thing is like and granted the process doesn't happen like that it's not like you know an overnight process but but because he had he's has financial stability has had discipline and has uh, has operated the right way yeah. he didn't put himself in a position where it's like oh fuck i gotta find somebody now to cohabitate with yeah and 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 have this fake ass relationship just to like make ends meet and so that's the other thing that it comes in is like th- that it that that we we come to the realization of is like well where is society going where there's so many people that like don't have their shit together at, at at an age where you should, you know, you should yeah. you should be considering these things. Yeah, and 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 really like um, having a plan to get to where you have to get to financially, because when you have a plan, I feel people want to want to be somewhere financially, but they don't have a game plan. Like, okay, well, what do you have to do? Okay, yeah, like you said, credit. I will build credit. That takes work. And so you have to focus on that. Uh, let's start a savings. Okay, cool. Uh, let's acquire a skill, right? Because, like, let's say you get a, a, a trade, like a, a, a skilled trade. Damn, you just made yourself much more valuable. Get yourself some, some st- stable... With that skill, get yourself some, st- like, a stable financial situation where you're getting, you know... A regular paycheck. Live below your means. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Once you move up, don't live up to what you make. L- live with how you used to live. You know, maybe every now and again splurge on something, nothing too crazy, and, and keep uh, on point and prepare yourself for the next step. For, then the next step would be like, well, what can I do to better my financial situation that I would like at least you know, be interested in, right? Yeah. There's real estate. There's starting a company. There's. I remember when I did security, I strongly considered and and was like literally, at, in the uh, on the verge of creating a cleaning company, like like cleaning ladies. Like I already had like, I already had two ladies from another company that I was like, hey, if I start this company, would you, would you wanna like do it? do this with, with me or whatever and I could get like I could I could sell this shit I'm just saying will you be cool with cleaning they said yes here's our number alright cool 
I, my mom at the time wasn't working. I was like, hey, would you want to do that? And then you and I, it's like, we'll be, we'll be the owners of it, but you kind of go, you clean as well. You take the ladies, and then once you st- we get like more people and we hire more people, then you could kind of be like the 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 one that manages it since I can't be there because I'm security. And so, like, I had all these things going because it's like, well, this is like, I see all these people, like a lot of uh, uh the area that I was working it was a lot of Polish people, but it was like people that only knew Polish, like very little English. And I thought to myself, like, damn. This motherfucker don't, barely knows a lick of English and is making bigger moves than me at the time. But I, you know, I was in my early twenties to mid twenties. But I still thought like I still have an advantage over these people because like I know English. Yeah. So I can I can market myself better. To, I'm to, to make the clean. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> like and and then they do, and then people like them, and they then they hire the them. Yes, and then they make the cleaning. <laughs> so if I'm able to do, <laughs> that's the name of your company. Make the cleaning. Make the cleaning. <laughs> I will make the cleaning. Yes. Yours sounds more Italian. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yours actually sounds Polish, <laughs> but like it's funny because. <laughs> you think about that shit. It's not about it. Who's? It's not about who has the skill set. Well, it is the skill set, but I guess it's not about how good you are. It's about are you doing it though? Yeah, hundred. You know what I'm saying? So, so like, and this reminds me of like guys like like in sports, like Jimmy Butler, right? You're not supposed to be that good, but you work very hard, and you're just a tough player. Yeah. And, and so now your career is based off of that metric. And so, um, there's a lot of uh, players or athletes that they're just not, they were not, they just really stuck to the basics and got, and worked on, worked on that till they got better and better and better. And then they became peak. And so like the way I looked at it was like, well, shit, I have a lot of advantages. So in this realm of, 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 of cleaning, it's like, well, I got hops. I can pass better. I could do this better. I could, all I got to do is have the same fearlessness that this person had yeah. coming from another country to start a fucking business in America. Well, if a motherfucker could do it, I could do it too. And so that that is like the, the mentality. And so back to my point, which is like, okay, right there, that's something that I felt like was... And then too, like the reason I thought about that was it was low capital because I like what, cleaning supplies? Yeah. So low capital, get the insurance, make sure to get the insurance and then just like push and, and market and it's yourself. something that in certain environments is very needed because these are people, you, you're talking about people that are always working. So they use cleaning people to clean their place, clean their office yes. area, all that stuff. I know a lady that, you know, I met a lady who, who she started a cleaning company. It was like she started cleaning and it became so big. Sprout had a mansion. Shit, like, it was nice. I was like, man, you started from, like, nothing to, like... Making the cleaning. Making the cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) So, I was like, it's it's crazy. And then they expanded to, like, landscaping. Another thing that I saw was, like, a guy had, like, a dog walking company. This motherfucker would take trips to Italy all the time. He had the ladies go pick up the fucking dog, take him out. Dog shits, he cleans it. Like, whatever the fuck the person needs for that dog, the person, the dog sitter does. You have enough staff. 
So it's like you look at these things, and, and, and also what made me think about that too was a lot of people would come and ask, "Hey, do you know any good cleaning company?" And my head was like, "I do." My I own. would not say I wouldn't say my own because it would be in uh, like conflict of interest. conflict of interest. But if I called it, let's say, make the cleaning <laughs> company, yeah, these guys are good. And my mom fronted like, "Oh, I'm the owner." Yeah, yeah. And like I handled it, she handled it, and we we got a cut like right there, like. So if I could think of this stuff sitting around doing security, anybody can think of this stuff, you know? And it's not and there's so many possibilities of different things like Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that are good at baking and love baking, well, make that into something that make you know, I've seen people who from home fucking bake the, the greatest carrot cakes and they, I'm to make the cake. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Polish. Everybody. <laughs> it's like, if you got a skill, like use that shit. M- my sister, she was always, she's always been into like fucking like, uh, stylish type of wear. Right. So she would go to the thrift store, buy good clothes, like good name brand clothes. Make sure to clean it. Make sure to have that shit ironed. She had like a little like mannequin doll. Would dress the doll and then sell it online. Wow. You know? I was like, damn, that's... You're into that shit. So I can't sit here and say, this is the plan. This is the blueprint for everybody. Because I could tell you all, oh, real estate is great. And you might be like, no, that's a headache to me. And that's not me. But what i what i am saying is if you think outside of the box you put yourself in a better situation you put yourself in a better situation financially you're free you're free you don't have to go fucking get in a situationship or in a relationship or whatever the fuck oh because because i can't pay rent so i got to be with this motherfucker i don't really like him but this is my only option do you really want to be that person and it's interesting that you you phrased it like that because a lot of people in that that Twitter thread, it was like they're sp- sort of speaking from this perspective of oh there's there's no hope there's no hope like they were like a real scarcity mentality, and over here you're kind of expressing is like well, yeah if you don't think outside the box if you yeah. don't cultivate anything yeah then then it is a scarce mentality yeah um and you know it you you got to consider that now what's interesting though also and this i think applies to men and women but i think women are more susceptible to fall into this is like the situation where They get with a person, they get with a guy or whatever, and it's like they entrust the guy to make the situation work. So not in the sense of like what we're talking about, like these are people that have a scarcity mentality. They don't know how to cultivate anything, so they feel cornered to the point where like they got to shack up and cohabitate i'm talking about a situation where the woman she wants to be with this guy right but the finances are not to the point where he can manage everything on his own so she's contributing to the financial situation but he's not managing that financial situation 
very good. That's also where what you're saying can come into play and help somebody because it's like, it's a different mindset, but it's the outcome will be the same because it's like, oh, well, because we have to do this together. Now you're reliant on like somebody else to manage your situation effectively versus, well, no, I have my own financial identity. You have your own financial identity. Yeah. And like, we're both, we're both good Yep. versus the financial identity of like, oh, well, I'm going to give this person like all my money to like start like some business or something that you don't even know about or you don't believe in and the shit yeah. doesn't work out because you don't have your own financial identity. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you're at the mercy of their decision making. Yeah. And so well, it could work if if both of them are on point and I still don't think it's a <laughs> it's a good situation. I feel like Everyone has to have like like it's good if it's like this is both of our dream and like it's like oh, okay we're both on on the same page like oh we both had a dream of like being bakers and so we're starting this bakery together yeah but it's um, what I'm talking about is like well I want to do this business give me your money and my money for me to do this business it's like yeah. well no if that person was on some indiv in individual stuff it's like well you do your business and i'll do my own business and yeah. then we both have our individual financial identity exactly so it what i'm saying is that this circumstance it could work both ways it could work in the way of like a person has the scarcity mentality can't cultivate anything else they're forced to like be together or not not cultivating anything else can work ag work against the person and even in the sense of like well maybe i have a little bit of money that person has a little bit of money <laughs> but because i'm not thinking as an individual right now and i'm not cultivating anything else my money is now subject to the the the, the good decision making or bad decision making of this person that i'm with yeah you know what's interesting about this too from what you're what you're talking about going back to the like the getting it all oh, this 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 financial shit is looking like uh or the these prices are looking like very relationship to me it makes me think about the sexual marketplace cuz like i feel too i mean i don't i don't mean to sound mean but maybe the, the uglier you are the more you have to deal with a relationship. Do you think that maybe like the prettier you are as a girl, because that was a girl who tweeted that, it becomes more of like a finding a sugar daddy type situation? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I, I don't know much about the realm of sugar daddies, but I would imagine the, the more good looking you are, the easier it is to get one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or the more good looking you are, the easier it is to get help in general. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's, it's like, it's for, it, it's, it's, it's like, imagine you're driving down the road, right? Yeah. And on one side of the road, you have a not so good looking chick that like her car is fucked up. And then on the other side of the road, 
you have a very good looking chick. Like, who do you think is going to get help first on some real shit? The, the good, good looking, looking one. one. Yeah. The good looking one is going to get help first. That's just the, the nature of things. And so I do think that you might be onto something. You when stop the car. The fat chick comes. Uh, she's ugly. She's huge, whatever. Just like horrendous. And you're like, oh, get away from me. And then you just run to the other chick. Do you need any help? <laughs> That's kind of fucked up to think about that. But it's like, kind of how the like world. The, the fat chick comes to your car. And it's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I would help you, but I really, I really gotta be to work. Like I'm, I'm running late as it is. I'm sorry. And then you, you, you turn to the other side of the road. So you didn't have any help. You need, and, and the one she across the road, she sees you doing that. I thought, I thought you have to be to work. Hey, people need help. People. You can't be so selfish. No. What's wrong with you? Have you no heart? <laughs> oh hell no! That shit sounds too legit. You, weren't, you wouldn't be so damn fat if you weren't so damn selfish. <laughs> he started. And then you would get help too. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't know why I imagine Vince Vaughn doing this shit, <laughs> turning it around on her. Yeah. But but yeah no so I I definitely would would imagine the better look you are the easier it would be now what's interesting is and I think that does tie into what we we're what we're talking about uh, Vince yesterday when we were talking about it he texted two economic theories if you will that I wasn't aware of were you aware of them so it's it's oh, the, I was not. It's the the is it the the hemline index? Um, I'm looking for it. So yeah. So the lipstick effect and the hemline index. What the lipstick effect is is a theory that as things get bad economically, while people can't afford bigger lavish items they gravitate towards smaller lavish items such as lipstick. So for instance, it's like maybe this is a girl that would normally buy a fur coat or something, but things are tough economically, times are tough. So now she goes for more expensive lipstick, something smaller, but still high end in, you know, in that particular realm. That's one economic theory that he pointed out. That's the lipstick effect. But they're saying, well, I guess, what it's saying is like women will still have the expensive taste, but but tone it, it down. it'll be it'll be yeah on a smaller scale. Oh, so okay, speak. okay, okay. And then in the hemline index, which I find a little bit more interesting, even though I read a lot that like it's not, it, it's a very skewed, holy theory. It, it has a lot of holes in it, but but essentially what that is is that. As things get better economically, the the skirt length of women gets longer. And as things get no no yeah. No, as things get better economically, the skirt length of women get shorter. As they get worse economically, their skirt lengths get longer. And what's what's interesting, and, and we were talking about it in the thread is I've think. always observed and I've always would think that 
it would be the reserve be the reverse as things get worse economically skirt lengths would get shorter because women would be you know trying to appeal yeah. to more men to get help so to speak but then I would assume they're shacked up, so like relationship shit, which means that now you have to be more conservative. Oh, so what you're saying, what you're what you're pointing is, I didn't think about that. So what you're pointing to is that these women in the skirts, it might start short, but it gets long real be, fast because because these are women that are like already accounted for, so to speak, in relationships. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. I could I could kind of see that now. It's like I'm I'm free. Things are good. I'm free. Yeah, I'm showing leg. I'm showing body or whatever. Yeah. Things are bad. I'm in a relationship now. Let me front like, yeah. oh, I'm fucking uh, Mother Teresa over here. Yeah. Then the stock market tanks suddenly, and we're on an all eight week low that we haven't seen since 1932. And then what you'll see is the skirt gets like all the way up to like the fucking waist. That ass is out. Yeah. Because no, 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 but, but no, no, but but that's what I'm saying. It gets so bad that she's like, the ass is out. <laughs> Someone needs to take this ass. <laughs> Jesus. <bro. laughs> and so a guy will draw down, and then she fucking. All right, well, that, let's that, go to Marshall. Guys, I imagine that'd be the greatest economic downfall ever. <laughs> <laughs> shit is so bad economically that just all the bitches are with their ass out. It's like, I fucking love Great Depression. <laughs> ass out Friday. <laughs> like, you see what I'm saying? It'll be like that that moment of like... It's like you, you we hear like a, 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 a old speech from... FDR before he signed before he signed the New Deal, he said, you know, and 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 to 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 alleviate women from needing to have their ass out, we're signing this stimulus check because just there's just too many asses out, and I can't do nothing because I got polio. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? Because motherfucker ain't got no legs. <laughs> You know, he had polio. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, my man just has polio. Hey, listen. I have polio. He's hating on more. He can't yeah. take advantage of that. Oh, so I... <laughs> uh, uh, that shit is too great. But yeah, so like, that's why I feel. I feel like they'll up it, but they, they might be pickier too because of, oh, I need to get a guy that has his shit together. Yeah, well, that's what Sandman was pointing out in his video. He was pointing out how... <laughs> pretty much in the video a guy reaches out to him telling him like i don't know what it is but lately like yeah. all these chicks kind of been like throwing themselves at me he's like i'm an older man like I i'm in good shape or whatever but like i guess it's apparent to them that i'm doing well for myself and things are rough and and, and that was that was in canada uh and, and things are rough and so now it's like all right well women might be on some like well yeah shit is rough i'm trying uh i'm trying to get up with somebody and i was telling y'all how like the other day i was at target i didn't buy anything extravagant when i was at target like that i spent i didn't even have a cart full of stuff i would say like a a, a little more than a quarter of a cart full i spent like 250 dollars. that's wild now I'm doing all right, you know. It is what it is. Like I, I thank God. Like I, you know, I'm I, I I'm blessed in that capacity. You know, business and, and and stuff like that. But imagine like a person 
that like makes a fourth of my income. Yeah. A fifth, a sixth of my, like, so, and these are things, things that I bought. Those are all things that like all of us get water, coffee. That's not like, like I said, I didn't buy anything extravagant. I didn't buy a TV or a PS5 or nothing like that. This is like staples of, of, of an, of an American household. Yeah. $250. So like to some people, that's like that's like a uh, a fourth of 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 their take home, you know. Not only that, but like to a lot of people who might have kids and a wife, that's not you right because that was just for one person. Yeah, so you have that. That card is full. Yeah. So whatever you paid, that's times times three or right, times four. four exactly. So so right there, that's what a thousand dollars. Right, that's a thousand dollars. It's wild. Exactly. So, so, yeah, times are hard. Going into like, what, what are you owning or are you renting? Are you renting? Because rent went up too. Yeah. All right. Versus cool. if you owned in a time like this, you'd be better off because yeah. your interest rate is locked in. Whatever you're paying is locked in. Granted, the things around that, the surrounding costs might be going up, groceries, utilities, or whatever. But that roof over your head, that's at a set price. Yeah, yeah. And so, when things get hard, you're going to start thinking like, damn, how the fuck is the motherfucker going to survive? You have to think, 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 think. And so, the way the way the way <laughs> this person was thinking in this tweet was, time to shack the fuck up. Or how you said the shack up standard. That's yeah, so, so that, <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. So, well, Vince suggested like the 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 lipstick effect and the hemline index. We come up with a name for for this particular theory that isn't fully fleshed out. I would I would uh, agree to that, but there's validity to it. And so I suggested the name the shack up standard because you know s- certain people they are going to shack up for the the purposes of, you know, economics. And so what is their shack up standard? Like where yeah. where do they where do things fall in line economically where it meets the standard where they feel like it's time to shack up? Do you think this is an American an American problem or an American issue cuz I, I I guess I'm looking at it from the divorce rate and the way we were where we're at culturally, like we're a very high divorce rate. So yeah. you think culturally it's it's linked to to trying to survive? Is that why people people get such so many divorces or I, I think yeah. I, I mean they say that one of the main causes of divorce is finances. That I've read that before. Yeah. Um I also think that there would probably be a lot more. This is my personal opinion. I, I don't know. I don't have any stats to back this up. This is just kind of anecdotally what I observe in the world around me. I think there would probably be a lot more divorce if economically certain women had more options. Like, well, I'll take it back to like what you were saying about, you know, 
do I think like it's it's easier like in a sugar daddy situation? Do I think it's easier for better looking women to like get a sugar daddy? Yes, just like I think it's easier for better looking women to be able to leave a marriage than like let's say let's say they're homemakers like they just yeah. stay at home right they don't work yeah. Well, if like you're not the best looking, she deep in her heart may want to leave that marriage, but she knows she, she's going to be like that fat chick on the side of the road in, in, in that hypothetical scenario we set up. Yeah. Ain't nobody stopping for her. She's on her own. So, well, I'd rather stay here with this guy that I may not want to be with, but like those people in that Twitter thread, I need to be with. Yeah. This is the best I could do. Versus like a chick that might look good she knows man i can leave this motherfucker and by tomorrow i can have somebody that wants me wants <clears throat> wants me to live with them yeah yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying so i feel like that like would would also increase the divorce rate if if like a lot of those particular women in those marriages look better and and that actually although i feel like a lot of people would feel like that was a mean-spirited theory or like a mean-spirited study, I think that's actually something worth studying, the correlation of attractiveness to divorce. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people that would be interested in that. Like, yeah. is there any correlation to people staying with each other based on how attractive they are? Yeah. Because these Hollywood motherfuckers, they'd be looking on point and they still get divorces. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. I feel like in in these people's cases, it it would happen more. Yeah, I I, I would. It, my hypothesis going into that study would be that ugly people stay together longer. And I, that sounds so fucked up to say, but like yeah. that's just a a hypothesis. Yeah, no, no, that's that's uh, but I I think so. If you want happily ever after, you need to get two Quasimodo ass ass motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, <laughs> that's fucked up. You're gonna be, you're be like, together you for the rest of your life. Quasimodo as well. You, uh, you motherfuckers are gonna stay together forever. Nobody wants to be with you, motherfuckers. You're lucky. Stay together forever. Yeah, no, because I remember seeing something similar. There's a song I remember. I remember <laughs> what this is so wild is that like. I I think of like how real and 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 red pill my dad has always been. I remember when I was younger, him playing this song in the car, and and like, I don't think there's a lot of songs my dad knows like every word of the song, but this one song he did, it was it's a song fuck, and and maybe you could look it up. Uh, it's <sighs> it's if you wanna be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty woman your wife. That's that's the song. <laughs> but it, that song seems in line yeah. with what we're saying. It's yeah. just like, yeah, man, like if you don't want no no nagging, no issues or whatever, like like stay away from from those type of tricks, which is interesting because yeah. you and I, we were talking about a video from Andrew Tate that I sent you yes. where he talks about, and, and I've noticed this in the past, he talks about why so many fighters have like very average or even in some cases below average looking wives in terms of attractiveness. Yeah. And he puts that in great perspective. He's like, well, you know, when you have an attractive wife, 
you know that she has a lot of options. You got to keep up with her. And that's not very conducive to being great. If you got to spend so much time, energy, and resources in a woman, that's not very conducive to being great in your field because you're taking time, energy, and resources away from being great in your field yeah. to please her because you don't want to lose her yeah. versus fighters because they know to stay at the top of their game, it takes a lot of time, energy, and resources. Their mindset is like, well, I'd rather get like an average or below average chick that's not going to require so much time, energy, and resources yeah. so I could be great and dedicate those time, energy, and resources to my craft. Yeah, I, I, and I can see that because you're you're not thinking about, like, oh, this bitch is pretty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this woman, my wife, like... You're focused on, I need to fight. Because there's to- something intrinsically inherent a- about a woman at a certain level knowing, well, I need you here at this time, and I need you doing this because yeah. I'm I'm the prettiest bitch on this side of the Mississippi. That's cool. Bye. But that's not what a lot of men feel. Like, right, right, right. That's right. how I would be. All right, well, yeah, that's, go, that's go how I would be. That's exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent next to you on that. But, but not many, a lot of guys I mean, would do that. And how many men have that confidence? Because I, I, if you've noticed, oh, she's so, like, I don't know if you've gotten this. Oh, is she so pretty? Why? You gotta wife her up. Yeah. Oh, is she, she, is she your girlfriend? What does being pretty have to do with this being girlfriend material? Well, see, but that's the thing. I think that when you value more so like who a person is and and what they are, you realize that like all of those looks is not as important. No. But a lot of people, they don't come to that realization. Yeah, yeah, because I'd be cool with like, not like a gorgeous woman, like in a relationship, like, it, but she could be pretty, but like be like, make me feel good. And I actually like her as a person about, like, oh, damn, I want to be, I want her to be my girlfriend as opposed to a girl that's really hot, but I really don't have much in common with her. Well, yeah, I, I'd probably like to bang you naturally if we're going to be honest, but I don't really want to be with you. I don't want to deal with you. Goodbye. Right. And so it would, it would look like, like that would not work for me. Like if a girl's, like, I'm the prettiest girl on the side of Mississippi. Well, you're annoying me. So yeah. be his problem now. Cause I can replace you tomorrow. I don't care. I don't care what you have to say about how pretty you are. Go then. He's waiting. Look, he'll buy, he'll be your sugar daddy. Cause I know I'm not going to be that. And it's like, it's, it's like, a, it's almost a cheat code to be that confident about yourself. Yeah, I think too. Also, I don't even know if it's necessarily confidence as much as I don't want those problems. Well, yeah, I, but, I don't but want that's those part problems. Of and also, my priorities lie with other greater things. Exactly. See, that's the thing. Like when when your confidence stems from real, organic, badass shit that has to do bigger than you. That's like. Yeah, like intangible. Like what this chick thinks is like it's so minuscule to me because it's like, bitch, I wrote till it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like and, and and honestly, like if I keep moving up this ladder, I'll have ten of you. Really, like to, let's be honest here, I'll have ten of you. So what is your? Because you're basing it on looks, but Bruce Wayne walks in with ten 
models. Remember in 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 Batman Begins was it or in The Dark Knight? He doesn't care. He just hey fuck it. I'm Bruce Wayne. Plain like like so. It's not. It, it reminds you of that Scarface line. First you get uh, first you get the money, then you get the power. When you get the power, you get the women. So it's like well, if that's how it is, then what you're telling me if you're on that like oh you better do this this and that because i look like this well then you're not for me anyway right because like you clearly are put overvaluing yourself you're like <laughs> you're like the american dollar <laughs> you're not yeah. backed by shit <laughs> but by the fact that you're the american dollar that's fine but gold is what's in at this time so it's like there's a standard there so or your ass is on some crypto shit. You're a fad now, but yeah. what are you really? Exactly. You're Bitcoin. You don't exist. Click this button, the internet's gone. You ain't no more Bitcoin, bitch. Right. <laughs> and so I think like, no, nah, I'd rather have like a, a down-earth seven that I really genuinely like, that I like want to be around, that I want to go do stuff with, that I want to come home to. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be cool with that. That'd be and 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 that kind of relates to what you're saying about the fighters. Like you're cha- you're you're cha- you're trying to become the perfect physical specimen, right? To fight another man who's the perfect physical specimen yeah. and wants to kill you. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's priority. That's a bigger priority than. <laughs> Oh, this bitch is so fine. The best bitch on the on this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Nah, like I wanna like not get concussed and you know yeah. live. And then Andrew Tate, he said, "Oh, I'm a four time champion, but what would I have been? Yeah. Had I not been so into women like that? And that's true. Like he he was very he was very uh, uh, grounded about what he was saying. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, because like you got to think about it. If you were a four time champ. And you feel that you could have put more, but you spent more time on this, you could have been a six-time champ. That might be the difference between the person who is the best, the best. Ever versus, yeah. oh, well, this guy was good, but... Like. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I, I don't watch... He was kickboxing, right? Yeah. I don't watch kickboxing, so I don't know where he would rate, but, like, maybe he looks at it from the perspective, since he's a kickboxer, damn, I could have been the best to ever do it. Yeah. And I was, like, in the top ten of that... that decade and 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 so that like you said it's a very grounded way of looking at it like damn i could have i could have pushed myself a little bit more and perhaps it was because of this now what do you say to to men because what we just broke down that whole thing uh theoretically what do you say to men that excuse me what do you say to men that have average looking women but are also doing average shit shit (laughs) well i mean at that point i don't know that i could tell him anything because like you've chosen that this is what you want so like i guess my thoughts on it would be well why you live one life and so you have to be above average or try to strive to be above average with something, right? Like there's so many things. There's so many things to tackle, so many things to, to chase. Like I can't, are you, do you lack purpose? Do you care to have a purpose? Is your purpose 
So I'd have more questions, really, because yeah. like. I don't know that, like, I don't know that you could tell someone you need a purpose because, like, what if they're happy? It, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, that, I forgot what documentary you had sent me that that where they talk about the allegory of the cave where it's, like, these people, they live, like, they live in a cave and they're, they're basically stuck in the cave. A guy, a person, I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, escapes the cave and sees, like, the vast world that exists yeah. outside of that cave. And he's like, what the fuck? This is like fucking rainforest and there's fucking beaches and there's this, this and that. So they run back into the cave and they try and tell the people like, hey, like it's a bigger world out here. Yeah. And then they look at him and say, well, I don't, you're, you sound insane. Yeah. You don't like what, this is where we will remain. Yeah. You're wild. Please Get out. <laughs> if you like it, just leave. Uh, and so I feel like it's kind of in the same realm of like if 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 you choose, if you have an average wife and you have an average life, like, well, that's possibly just what you want to do. Like, and, and I can't. I, I think it's what the person wants to do at the moment. They've convinced themselves to settle for less. But I do think that it's in our nature to always eventually want more. And that, and I think that's where things get bad. I don't know how how it affects women, but I've seen it affect men very negatively, older in age, where they come to this place where, well, it's essentially like the midlife crisis, where they come to this place where they realize, like, damn, I want more, but I'm on the wrong side of time. Damn, I'm on the wrong side yeah. of time now, and it's like, well. The energy, the time, the resources. I mean, obviously, it's never too late to start, but it'd be a lot harder for me to start now. Yeah. Reminds me of a song I always mention every so often, that Pink Pink Floyd song. It's called Time. And it's essentially like what you're talking about. And I guess, do you think that, I wonder, I don't know, like if you think about it, do you think that, People that have quarter life crises have midlife crises, or do you think that if you have a quarter life crisis, you will avert a midlife crisis? I mean, I think a quarter life crisis is. I really think that's something we coined. I, yeah, I oh don't yeah. even know if that's like a like a thing, like because I I do remember. Yeah, we coined that. Yeah, yeah. Because, and I'm gonna tell you right now because I looked it up the other day, and people are starting to take heed to that. But we're talking 2008. We coined that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't coin that like yeah, now. We, yeah. Like, like because someone said it. No, we coined the quarter yeah. life crisis. But I do think that there is a quarter life crisis, and I think it has I think to for do for some people. Exactly. I think for some people because w- w- what sparked what sparked our quarter life crisis? We were recently fresh out of high school. We were in community college, not taking out student loans or, or whatever, uh, pretty much taking on, it was, it was either very minimal student loans, like nothing to the point where these people are on, or like grants or, you know, federal aid or fucking like working at Target or, or security, you were working at Carson's, yeah. paying that shit off. Because I mean... Really, like going to a community college, you're really paying like 
15 cents on the dollar of what all these like university motherfuckers are paying like, yeah it's like so much less expensive or at least it was back then i don't know how it is now it's not something that i've looked into now fresh out of high school working in the city doing a lot of stuff with our friends hanging out with our friends we were rapping working rapping going to school observing the world around us taking it in and being like damn like this school shit it really doesn't seem like it's gonna pan out like it doesn't like everybody's doing it but like i'm not really seeing like in the end what does it what what's the culmination of all of this yeah and in most cases what we saw the culmination of it is is motherfuckers that are saddled with a bunch of debt can't make moves or anything like that so obviously naturally that's going to cause a sense of depression in a in a person but the whole system is really against you because the whole system is essentially telling you oh no no no, keep doing it keep doing it keep doing it yeah except for us except for like one another thing about that thing about like the idea of like being in the wilderness and like it's just like you and your and your close friends and and our parents what i would what i would say with our parents that was great about our parents is i i would say that like because we we were always like very unorthodox I, w- one of the things that i would credit our parents most with is like and and, I, and i'm very grateful is like them like accepting that like unorthodox way of being and like kind of trusting it like being yeah. like yeah you got it like i don't know what you're working on but like you're working on something and i think yeah. you got it like i feel like you got it so i'm just gonna kind of yeah. i'm not gonna be like oh you should go to school you should do this because that's one thing that like i loved about i i, I love about my parents still to to this day because i'm still that same unorthodox person but it, it was always like yeah, you got it. Like you, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. And so, so now, really, it was just that. And then between us, our friends, kind of just being like, be, just being in the wilderness and being like, "Nah, let's go over there. Let's see what's over there." And like going, "Uh, nah, nah, let's go the other way." Versus everybody is going one way, and it's easy to just be like, "Well, let's go with everybody else," but knowing that that also isn't the way to go. Yeah. And so naturally that confusion, not knowing what the outcome is going to be, yeah, that's, you're bound to feel a little depressed, like especially at a point where you don't have anything backing up your theories. See, it's- Or your intuition. Yeah. It's like, it's now, now you have shit backing it up. Now you could be like, oh, well, look at, look at my stock portfolio. Look what I got in the bank. Look what I own. Look where I live. Look what I got going on. Oh shit, motherfuckers going to Japan. Motherfuckers doing it. Like now you you have like all of this stuff to be like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. But back then, you didn't have none of that. You didn't have none of that. Shit, you barely could afford the shoes on your feet. So imagine being at a place where it's like, fuck, man, like I feel like I got this, but I have nothing to like substantiate it. Yeah. That's I think. The beauty, and for anybody that's listening, 
that doesn't fuck with rap. I think that's the beauty that comes from rap music is this like that bravado that could develop in the right manner of like, I don't, give a fuck. I don't got shit, yeah. but I'm still the man. Like, and yeah. I know I could still be the man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what's great about rap music that I don't think any other genre really provides that no. that feeling. It's that like underdog. Yeah, ex exactly. And so, and so, yeah. Naturally, I would. That's a quarter life crisis because it's like, damn, I don't. I don't know if if everything I've done up to this point is right. I don't know if what I'm gonna do next is right. I'm kind of lost. All I have is my friends. And yeah, my parents love me, but like I'm I may not be going in the direction that they think is best for me to go. I'm not going in the direction that the school thinks is best for me to go. I'm not going in the direction that all these other motherfuckers are going. I'm lost. I'm I'm by my, I'm yeah. I'm lost in the world. I got my friends and we don't have shit. And so like we, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Naturally, you're gonna be, it's gonna be, you're gonna feel down. Yeah. But you cultivate, you create, you figure your situation out. So in saying all of that, I would say that yeah, I would believe that maybe a person that experiences that at that young age, they're probably less susceptible to feel it later on in life. Yeah. Because. From what I've read about men that have midlife crisis, it's because they feel like they haven't accomplished much or they feel like they're not they their life hasn't been on the right track. And and time is not on your side. And now anymore. time is not on your side. Yeah. Because it's one thing to not feel like you accomplished much and possibly not be on the right track, but you have time. And that's yes. the I guess what the upside, the silver lining of a quarter life crisis would be. Is like, why well, I got time to figure it out. And I would say, looking back in hindsight, it turns out that we were making the right moves. And even though at the time, maybe nobody really told us. And I and I feel like me, like if I were ever to like down the road have an after school program or like, because that, that's one thing that I feel like I would like to do like philanthropic down the road. Is like Talk I would I would like to have like a a program for kids that really teaches them about finances like like yeah. like in depth, and I think I've said this on the show before. The first thing that I would tell them the very first day of that class, it would be like, all right, everybody sit down, everybody's here, take attendance. Yeah. First words that come out of my mouth: nobody cares about you. That's the <laughs> yeah. first thing that people people like, I've never signed my kids up for that class. Get out. Get the fuck <laughs> no. out of my class. It's like <laughs> and like the mom in the back, like the parents that want to be there for the first day. Hey sir, shut the fuck up and let me talk. <laughs> I come out of a closet and punch him right it's in like the face. Nobody nobody cares about you. But the 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 idea about that, the idea about that is like we're not going to fall into the victim mentality. We're not going to fall into the, oh, what what can the government do for me? No, no, no. Well, we're going to fall into the mentality of is because nobody cares about you, which that's not necessarily true. There are people that care about you. But what I'm in saying is- In the grand is, scheme. In the grand scheme, yeah. the larger world does not care about yeah. you. So operate like that. Operate in a sense that is like, I got to maneuver. And if I find somebody, a friend, a, a partner- or down the road, a relationship, or whatever the case, where people are like-minded, you could cultivate together, but you may never find that, and so you still have to like maneuver yourself in, in in a certain way. 
but also another thing that that I would tell them as the class progresses is there's going to be times where you're going to be in that wilderness and you are going to be making all the right moves because like I said in hindsight I would say that we did make the right moves but nobody's going to tell you you're making the right moves and yeah. sometimes it's in you're it, it's incumbent upon yourself to tell yourself you're making the right moves yeah which is the ultimate like thing I always got from Kanye is like Kanye would say shit that people didn't even believe. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you have to be that person. You have to say things that people around you don't believe. I've done that. Like at times I've told my dad, I'm going to do this. And he's like, I don't know. Okay. Well, I, if you really believe in it, do it. But like you could tell there might have been some doubt, but they were like, it's just okay. <laughs> and so I remember like last year, I think it was New Year's or Christmas, we're, we're like drinking, talking about, and like I never, you know, sometimes you talk, sometimes when you're growing up, you have like your way of who you are. Yeah. And you think that, you know, people don't realize it or, or, or people, I don't know, like people, you just think that people don't notice the little things about who you are as a person. And I remember, like, my dad was like, yeah, you know, one thing I always respected about you to this day, he's like, uh, you always, if you believed in something, you didn't care what I had to say. You had to find out for yourself. He's like, yeah. and that takes, like, a brave it's, it's soul. a certain level of courage. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, and so, like, I always respected that. And from a little, like, from a little kid, I always remember, I used to tell you, oh, I don't think that that's a good idea. And you would you would be like, no, I think it's a good idea, so I'm going to do it. It's like, I don't know. It's like, no, I'm going to do it. And, like, at times, you know, I would fail. At times, I would succeed. At times, but it was more like the just, I'm going to go into the dark. You know, there's a sermon, there's a sermon by T.D. Jakes. It's a really good, powerful sermon. And he talks about how he's... It, it, this is not verbatim, but essentially he what he expresses, he's like, he's like, it doesn't take any courage to be average. He's like, that takes no courage at yeah. all. He's like, the courage, the courageous person is the person that tries to do something different. The 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 person that is is successful when other people are just like getting by and mediocre. So like a lot of times it's like People be like, oh, well, there's a level of respect for a certain person. And people think that it's based on money. It's not that. It's yeah. like, well, the courage that it took for that person to be who they are yeah. in a sea of averageness. There's a level of respect that you need to have, you know, yeah. and, and and I think. What what causes that quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis is the idea that like those things are present, but you may not necessarily have the courage at that moment because no. there's no results, you know? Yeah, yeah, but but not only that, but like it, it also it kind of questions who you are as a person too, because like. I never thought of it like that. I never thought like, oh, I'm fucking courageous. Like, whatever. I'm just like trying to be no, better. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you do things don't even realize. Yeah. Like, yeah. But then when he said that, it made me realize like, when, like for example, you're, very, you're a person that I always look at when it comes to any advice that's outside the box and like well thought out and like, damn, this motherfucker really will 
give me the real, the nitty gritty, like what he thinks. My dad, the same way. I think I would gravitate towards that because I knew that the perspective would be different yeah. than the crowd. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, if I ask them, I'm not going to get, I'm going to get what the next person says yeah. and what the next person says. I need to hear a sobering thought right now. Even if I don't like to hear what the fuck I'm going to hear, yeah. I want to hear like the truth. And so then when I would get that, I was like, damn, this shit was raw, rugged. Yeah. And like, I, I'm going to take this advice yeah. because it's like, I want to get, I want to take, it's like, it's like trying to find like a diamond in the rough or like a needle in a haystack. Like, oh, you, it's hard. But like when you found it, it's like, damn, amongst all this bullshit yeah. that was, is, oh, I found it. Yeah. And so this is what I want to use to move forward with because I found what the fuck I needed. You're not going to find that. Like you said, you're not going to find that in a sea of like regular ass shit that yeah. people are on. Kendrick kind of had a, a comment on one of his songs in the new album, which is okay. I thought it was okay. Um, where he talks about the black screen. Remember the woke, the Black Lives Matter? Mm-hmm. And how he thought that that shit was goofy shit? Oh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I know what you're referencing, yeah. but I, I'm not sure what track it was on. Yeah, and like he was saying, like, I'm getting criticized because I'm not on that dumb shit. Like, you guys are like on that woke shit like yeah i've been on my own woke shit but i feel like i do my thing a realer yeah i don't have to what find a, a fad screen, what is that gonna do for anybody yeah that was the dumbest shit it, it was it was it was so stupid and and so to me it was like i even though i don't agree with much of his views when it comes to that to like race relations and shit i i saw what he was saying it's like y'all are on that group dumb shit and like you're not fixing anything, and this is why we'll never fix anything, because we're on this shit. And so it's the same thing. Like when we talk about the 2008 crisis or or certain certain ways that 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 women and and men grow up, or certain things that that culturally was oh well we're doing it because it's cultural. Yeah. Get her a ring, white picket fence, American dream. And so we look at like the baby boomer generation and the generation X generation. And we're like, wow, that's where the whole okay boomer stems from because like you kind of led us astray to an extent with some of the dumbass advice that you gave. But at the same time, it's like, well, there's some accountability for you as a millennial to may have made better decisions because yeah okay you could say they said this go to college with this but you still did it and you still didn't critically think exactly because at least them giving their advice it came from a noble place it came from a place of like well this is what worked for us exactly you didn't think about well it worked for them but we're living in a different time you know what i'm saying does it work for me you know, and does it work for me? Exactly. And and so I remember we uh, in high school talking to a counselor. And when I said at the time, I was like, I wasn't I wasn't sure if I was going to co- go to college. And I damn sure wasn't going to go to no expensive university. And I remember when I presented this to the counselor, they thought it was the most like 
crazy asinine shit that they have ever heard all the while not realizing well you don't know like my financial background you don't know the financial status of my parents how do you know that they could afford that oh loans 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 well that's the point this is some cookie cutter one size fits all advice that you're giving versus well no what is tailored for what type of of person yeah but it's funny, and I think that provides a perfect segue into the next topic because you talked about how certain advice, like the baby boomer generation, and and why there's such a rift between millennials and the baby boomers because of certain advice that baby boomers gave, as a whole, generally speaking. Yeah. Because, like for instance, my parents are baby boomers, but they never like gave me that type of advice. Um, like I said, they were always very much supportive and like convinced that like I I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But generally speaking, overall, yes, the baby boomer generation gave a certain type of advice to, to the millennial generation. And as I realized with how we covered Roe versus Wade and and the potential overturning of Roe versus Wade, where we stood on the political spectrum when it comes to that particular issue, it was very center, I would say. In fact, we've gotten complimented by people with how we tackled the whole protest, the episode, the video that we put out, all of that, all the content that we put out surrounding it. How it was like the questions we were asking weren't from a, a, a left-wing perspective or a right-wing perspective. It was really from a perspective of, well, what's fair? What's right? What's the consensus? And I noticed that, or at least I thought about it and I theorized that as the pendulum, that the, the political pendulum in, in society and in politics starts to swing the other way, if it indeed keeps swinging the other way and let's say we see a red wave in november but not just a red wave a red wave of more marjorie taylor greens and and lauren bobart and matt gates the, the you know sarah palin types the conservative judeo-christian type republicans that are like america first maga well yeah like we on the, the america first maga shit i think that we would be a lot in agreement but where it starts to get into the social realm i feel like we could potentially see ourselves a little bit different from them yes and it's interesting because it makes me wonder well where does that leave our show our our audience if so if we if we're in that place do they do they stick with us you know what really happens yeah because like for instance i would say or or do we gain in fact the possibility of gaining more of an audience because since bill maher has shown himself to be like against all this progressive shit and he's been uh uh vocal about it he's gained more of an audience in fact like now even the club random podcast is doing great Yes. The top of real time, Club Random is doing great, which that is a really good podcast. Yeah. I, I just listened to the one recently with Mike Tyson, and he did another one with Killer Mike. And what's interesting, and I know I'm digressing a little bit, but I need to say this. The one that he did with Killer Mike, it was so great be- to see the level of respect that Bill Maher has for rap. He was saying how, he was telling Killer Mike, 
He's like, I like Killer Mike. He's like, uh, Bill Maher was telling Killer Mike, one verse of a rap song could pretty much cover all of the themes of like a whole rock album. Yeah. He's like, he's like, it's just so many words and it's so much, it's like so much content. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you said that because like when I listen, okay. So when Kendrick Lamar comes out, he's a certain type of rapper, like him or hate him. If you think he's okay, whatever you have to be in the mindset of, okay, I have to take in information and decipher this information. Yeah. And it takes skill. Kind of like what it is to watch a good quality movie. Yes. So, yeah, exactly. So when Kendrick comes out, it reminds me of like, damn, hip-hop once used to be this smart. Like, yeah. Like, I'll give that to Kendrick. Like, he's not my favorite, probably not even my top five, but you hear so much Lil Baby and fucking Meek Mill and Drake and it's so cookie cutter and so straightforward. And then you hear Kendrick and you're like, God damn. Like there, there's a lot of themes, like a whole verse really does cover. Like you said, a whole album worth yeah. of shit. Even now a whole rap album full, full of shit in today's day and age. And so like when, when a Kendrick comes out, when, when, a Kanye comes out, you know, I do like to give them their time to actually listen to this shit. Even if it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Or even J. Cole at times, you know, I think J. Cole's way overrated, but it's like, you know. But, and, and, you know, and so that I, all of that was just to say that 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 podcast, the Bill Maher Club Random Podcast, it's worth a listen. And he respects rap a lot. But back to what I was saying, that, like, he could gain, he gained such a new audience from being the way that he is we yeah. could potentially see something like that but i was i was noticing that because it, it's sort of in line with something that sandman has said about why he doesn't put his videos on rumble because rumble is a conservative platform and he was saying how when it comes to like marriage and like relationships and stuff like that conservatives think a certain way that doesn't fall in line with how he thinks. And I think we kind of fall into that same boat. And so it's like, if we see ourselves where we see ourselves with the abortion issue, you know, we've talked a little bit about like birth control and where we see that issue. We could very much at some point see, we could very much saw at some point people being like, oh, you motherfuckers, you guys are leftists, which we're not. <laughs> but it's just like, well, no, like, because, you know, that's because maybe we're we don't 100% right. yeah. agree with the idea of marriage in like today's day and age. Yes. Because I've talked about that with you. And I know the other day when we worked out with Vince, I was saying how like to each their own. Me personally, in today's day and age, I just don't see marriage as a very viable thing. But that perspective is based off of research. It's based off of things that I see. It's based off of the trends in society. Yeah. Shit, it's based off of what the first segment of this episode was about. How there's a lot of people that just kind of shack up just for the sake of like it yeah. being economically uh, 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 suitable for them. Yeah. And, and, and that's not real. No, exactly. So wh why why get into something that's exactly. not real? And, and 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 if you want something to be real, and if you want to know that it's real, it, it takes time. 
I feel that's also part of what's wrong with today's society. We want, 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 but we don't put in the work to really find out, is this what we want? Is this the person? Is this person really who they say they are? You know? And it takes, like, due diligence and trying to get to know them. And, and like, I, everything is just fast. Yeah. Oh, we got engaged. When did you meet her? Two hours ago. <laughs> not two hours ago, but it's, it's like, it's, it's like not, you haven't known this person for that long. You haven't gotten to see the nuances of their character and see if they are who they are. So before um, we close, I'm going to ask you, what are some areas, like if the pendulum keeps swinging and it goes to the right, like very extreme, what are some areas that you feel we could see ourselves differing from the rest of like the right wing conservative marriage for sure because i i even like and when i'm talking about legal marriage and i'm not talking about by church or nothing like that because like i've never given a fuck if you were gay and got married well legal marriage is the only marriage that the well, government recognizes well, well yeah but but they don't recognize yeah, yeah. being married in church. No, hell no. So like if you're doing like the act for the sake of like you and you know your girl oh we're married, that's yeah. one thing, but like and you want to exchange rings or whatever, but the government doesn't recognize that. Church. No, yeah. no, they don't. And so legal marriage like whatever. If y'all want to get it's your business. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't infringe on my rights. I won't infringe on yours. Y'all motherfuckers want to be gay as the blazes? Enjoy. So I think that, for me, for me particularly, the abortion issue, obviously, got very libertarian on that. You know, just I feel like if I have my thoughts on that, doesn't mean that I get to tell someone to have those thoughts either. Now, where I start seeing, because I I also did see Steven Crowder, Steven Crowder, yeah, yeah, um, he had like kind of it was kind of funny because we did the consensus thing first, and then he had one, which I was surprised because he's a lot more on the conservative side, and like he's kind of more on the moderate side too. Because I think he's even willing to have the argument of like how many weeks is okay, mm-hmm. and how many weeks is not okay. I'm even willing to have that conversation, you know, like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, when we asked that while we were out Yeah, there. exactly. And so we we went to just ask where. And even the people that were pro-abortion, there were some that were like, yeah, there's, no, there's limits to this shit. I think this shit would be inhumane at this point, you know. Even one of the main organizers, I, I would assume, because the lady went to go to walk us to her, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so she even had a limitation I feel like generally speaking, we it's not an unrealistic, moderate view to have that. But to conservatives, all oh, we're the fuck we're demons right. spewing fire, and so that's fine. But we're gonna keep it realer than real because that's how who we are. Like who we are is who we are. And, and I think that's one of the benefits a person can get from listening to this show. Yeah, it's like well, it's about the realness of it. Not necessarily like where the party is yeah. or, or whatever, because well, we, like we've said before, for as much as we rock with Trump, we'll also be the first ones to say like, you know, you helped contribute to what the inflation is. Now, 
Biden has contributed a lot more and he's not done yeah. anything to help it. But don't forget that there before there were Biden bucks, there were Trump bucks. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, it's it's about it's about all of that stuff. Operation Warp Speed was Trump's baby. Yeah. Yeah. Who, now, um, one thing that that I've I've been thinking of and I think we should do it one of these days is how we were in the field recently and, and people seem to like like that in the field content. I was thinking of us doing an in the field soon. It won't be at a march or anything, but kind of set up maybe like somewhere downtown and and have a real world discussions, people on their way to work, coming from work about inflation and how inflation is affecting them. Yes, actually, that would actually be badass. And that you don't need an event for that. You no, just you go. just talk to anybody. Yeah. In fact, you probably don't want an event because you're talking to people on their way to work from work. Yeah. So it's like you could get a little bit of perspective of where people stand when it comes to inflation, how they feel it's affecting them. One question that I would love to ask right off the bat is what you're feeling now worth those stimulus checks way back when? Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, I yeah, that's a great ass idea. Yeah. I think I think we could really spend a few hours yeah. just seeing who's willing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you know, we got the equipment for it, so I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, I think it'll be good. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. Five-star review. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.